This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, this week has been a bit of a doozy. Today we'll do our best to keep it light. We'll talk through the ins and outs and really the definitions around what's going on in Parliament. Yeah, I know you were a bit frustrated, Kate, about the amount of assumed (laughs) knowledge in the reporting this week, so we'll sort that out. Thank you. Uh, Also, there's a varied selection when it comes to what's coming up, Mm. the solstice, the state of origin, and Squiz Recommends. We'll kick off with an apology. (laughs) We will indeed. Let's do it. Claire, it doesn't happen often, but this week, the most clicked link out of the Squeeze Today newsletter was the same as the biggest story of the week. It was a link to the names of the bus crash victims in the Hunter Valley. Yeah, it was the biggest tragedy on our roads for 20 plus years. And the media coverage was just massive throughout the weekend and into the new week. Uh, there's also an element of alleged wrongdoing by the driver and that really did drive a lot of the interest in this one. Of course, thinking of anyone who might be listening who might be affected by mm. this because when it's that sort of scale, there's no doubt that someone listening to this podcast will know someone or have been affected. For me, the knowledge that it could have been your loved ones, that you can relate to that exact scenario, we've all been on a bus after a wedding, makes it really easy to empathise. And that's why no doubt it was something that Squeezers wanted to know more about because it's so close to home for so many of us. Look, and of course, terrible things happen to people all the time, but when it's tragedies on this scale Mm. and a wedding on yeah, a bus, all like, of the all chances of the are we've all done it. So yeah, it does feel very personal for some reason. Let's move on to the new story we've been talking about. Claire, I am um, very self-aware of the fact that I'm incredibly <laughs> annoying around the office when it comes to pulling people up on anything that means the audience need a high level of assumed knowledge to get across a news story. It's kind of like my bugbear. It's and I guess your it's, thing. It's yeah. my thing. Um, I felt this week <laughs> there was a really good example of the media doing just that. And what I'm talking about is first and foremost clearing up what it means to mislead the parliament. That phrase was thrown around all week across the news. <laughs> yes. Um, but I didn't feel that there was a lot of explanation around the consequences of misleading the parliament and what that actually means. Yeah. So, of course, this is in relation to accusations that have been made of Katie Gallagher, uh, also Scott Morrison, um, just to take a step back. When you're sworn in as an MP or a senator in our federal parliament, you're bound by some pretty special rules that relate to the position. Uh, It's essential to the work of the parliament that these rules are applied. And it's kind of like life. You've got rights and you've got (laughs) responsibilities. Uh, This is a life lesson. I love it. I love where we're going here. Let's let's, let's hear more about that. And look, in in the rights section of the column, Uh, In Parliament, they're called privileges. Mm. So uh, we'll get to what that means. And essentially, it's just about being able to operate in the Parliament without obstruction uh, and without fear of prosecution. Very important. Yeah. We'll get into that in a bit. But the obligation side, and this is really about misleading Parliament, you cannot go in and say something that is untrue 
that's part of your responsibilities as an MP. Yep. If you do that, and we saw with Boris Johnson this week, there can be some consequences and that can include a suspension, it can include a fine. You could even go to jail. But the longer the short of it, I guess, and thank you for clearing that up, um, when I looked into <laughs> it, is that nothing has ever happened to anyone who has misled the parliament, yeah. in Australia at least. I didn't look more widely than that. Yeah. Um, but in Australia at least. So whilst there are a lot of this could happen or this may happen or this is not the right thing to do, for the general public, it's mostly a political problem for our politicians. Yeah, and look, nothing has happened because you've got to remember that the stock and trade for politicians is trust and reliability. Yeah. So usually before it gets to the point of them having to be fined or sanctioned, they clear it up. Yeah. So we saw that with Lydia Thorpe this week. She went back in and said, I withdraw it. Mm -hmm. That's because if she wanted to go down that line, there could have been some serious consequences for her. Um, it usually gets cleared up, I guess, is the long story short before anything terrible happens. Okay. So that's sort of misleading the parliament, but we've weaved that into parliamentary privilege because they yeah. are connected. Yes. So um, as you said, Lydia Thorpe this week, she's senator in parliament. Um, she's quite an outspoken figure. She stood up under parliamentary privilege in the Senate yep. and said that she'd been sexually assaulted by David Van. Yes. As you said, she later withdrew that claim. Um, but then she did detail her experience of this in the Senate. She didn't name him yes. though. Um, explain a little bit more parliamentary privilege because – I guess the irony of all of this for me is that you can't mislead the parliament but you can use parliamentary privilege <laughs> to say whatever you want. Yeah, and saying whatever you want doesn't mean that you're misleading. Yes, exactly Like right. you could say what you want and it could be true. Yeah. It's just quite unusual, I guess, in our world where we talk about defamation quite a bit, we've mm. done that a lot this year, um, that there is this forum where you can go if you are sworn in as an MP or a senator and speak freely. Um, this is an essential part of being a politician, of being a parliamentarian, is that it's meant to be a forum where our representatives can actually go and say things, whether it's about legislation or whether it's about people or whether it's about companies, they can address the big issues without fear of prosecution being dragged through the law courts. The only thing I would say about Thorpe withdrawing what she said about David Van is that there's these special rules about what you can say about your colleagues. About your colleagues. So there's a few um, detailed bits and pieces within that, but I don't think it's necessary to just understanding when you read about parliamentary privilege, it is this ability to speak freely and be exempt from the ordinary laws that you and I yep. would be um, subject to if we were to speak about people in a certain way or speak about things in a certain way. Mm. There was a great article in The Guardian actually and we'll put a link to it um, about some of the more notable uses of parliamentary privilege and one example that I remembered and some people might remember mm. is Senator Darren Hinch used this in his maiden speech to name child sexual abuse offenders whose names had been suppressed by the courts. He did that under parliamentary privilege. And of course, he was elected on that agenda mm. around being that guy who is a campaigner against child sexual abuse. So that was an important thing for him to do. Um, it's a very important function being able to call a spade a spade, okay. except if it's about your colleagues, apparently. Except if it's about your <laughs> colleagues. I did read um, that it's been described as one of our most important functions of yeah. parliament, as you said. Um, Claire, it's considered a very powerful privilege and the abuse of it is very serious. Yeah, and the Parliament has ways to deal with that. Kate, one thing to point out before we wrap this up is that the media 
is also covered by parliamentary privilege. Um, they're able to report on what is said in parliament. Which is something I didn't really fully understand until I looked mm. into this a bit more. Well, it can't just exist in that vacuum in the chamber and then we never talk about it And then it we again. never talk about it. Yeah. yeah, so they're covered under what's called qualified privilege, which has a few more sort of asterisks <laughs> on I it. I love you've been deep in I've been deep in Australian this. Parliament well, House Handbook, haven't you? It is important stuff. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and I guess to our point that we just – it's just been such a yuck week in Parliament. We didn't want to do all of that. I feel like this is I'll going to help know, people understand. We had a little laugh the other week about what was it, underlying and headline inflation. Now we're into qualified <laughs> and absolute privilege. Well, let, me, let me finish. So qualified privilege has some asterisks. Yes. Um, you can't say anything with malice, but it basically allows the media to report yep. um, on what's been said in Parliament. But parliamentarians have absolute privilege. Yes. So that means that no action can be taken at all on what they say. I think we might leave it there. Is there anything you'd like to add? I I think we've cleared that up. Okay. Well, as people, we hope, as people read the news (laughs) next week because this stuff is not going away. There's going to be heaps more across the weekend about David Van and about what's happened. Um, You will no doubt have a better understanding of what misleading the parliament is and what parliamentary privilege means. There you go. (laughs) On to what's coming up. Claire, what's coming up this week? We talked about it last week a little bit. It's weird that cricket is featuring so heavily and it's the middle of winter. (laughs) Um, But the ashes are on, both men's and women's, and it's going to get a lot of attention. Um, I think you pointed out the time zone isn't too bad for us. Yeah, so 8pm starts, which is pretty good. Fun fact that Mm. I have is if we take out the ashes, it would be the first time we've done so on British soil since 2001, which was ages ago. We drew one, but we didn't win. There was something in – yeah, there was. There was something like that. So, look, and of course we like to win, so let's go. Let's go for it. The women's ashes I mentioned too, Claire, we haven't given that enough attention. Mm. It kicks off on the 22nd of June, so it's about a week away. It has a multi-format structure, so it's not like the men's. (laughs) And you're laughing at me, but I actually know this. I didn't even need to look it up. (laughs) There's a test match followed by three T20s and three ODIs. I love watching our women's cricketers, so that'll be a good one. Um, I was very encouraged, though, Claire, that you watched the latest episode of Bluey. I enjoyed that on the Squiz Today podcast yesterday. Yeah, it bubbled up in the internet world of reactions to this episode it's a bluey episode called cricket it was released just this week and it really has had some notable names within cricket watching it going this is what it's all about this is why i love it um right through including to just ordinary people who enjoy a bit of cricket one thing that i thought was quite interesting though was of course bluey is really making a mark in america oh huge yeah i think we've talked about that yeah Yeah. quite significant um and i quite enjoyed the story of a mum from the US, uh, mistaking a cricket bat lying in a hedge in Bluey for a wine bottle. She was quite <laughs> disturbed about all of that. Well, they have no so idea this episode about cricket. might explain a few things. It to might them. explain a few things. I'm just glad that you're joining me in my Bluey watching. Oh, so a new episode drops Bluey's every great. week. Yeah. Claire, if you were Is it just the one every week? Just one every okay. week. Um, and I have a three and a one-year-old, so it's a big, <laughs> big feature in my household. If you haven't seen that episode of Bluey, I highly recommend it and I dare you not to cry. Yeah. Um, moving on, though, coming up this week, uh, Claire, you want to talk about Parliament again? <laughs> <laughs> Only briefly. Do you Only, really? Look, just to say the Senate's going to vote on the voice referendum legislation next week. They mm. really need to get a hustle on with that if they want to have that referendum later this year. So I reckon that's going to be a bit of a news story next week. I'm not letting you get away with not explaining that a little bit more because I feel like, again, for the general public, it's like 
didn't we haven't we aren't we having a referendum aren't we definitely having it but well no, no not yet because there has to be a bit of legislation that will one enable it that parliament gives approval for mm-hmm. the referendum and to the words of the question that will go to us as voters so that's before the parliament it went through the house of reps a couple of weeks ago it's now making its way through the senate um the thing of why it's taking a bit of time is that everyone wants to have their say on it like right. parliamentarians want to have on their the- bit like on, on the, the record, record gotcha. within the parliament about where they sit on it. So that's why it's taking a bit of time. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I accept that we <laughs> needed to raise that. Uh, and then in the podcast. to fully explain, oh, no. yeah, <laughs> there's a certain notice period. So it has to pass, and then there's a period within it when the referendum has to happen and a minimum time. So, so we might know a date. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, to round out the week, we've got State of Origin Game 2 in Brisbane. That's on Wednesday night. New South Wales have to win to level the series. Lots of concern about whether they can do that on enemy soil. That'll be um, a tough ask. Thursday, it's the winter solstice, Claire. Yes, it is. That is the shortest day of the year. Uh, Friday, take your dog to work day. I don't think I'm bringing Tucker in. Why not? He could come to the studio. He's just so bored of me. Like he (laughs) likes a bit of time away from me, to be honest. He he relishes the moments when I'm not within eyeshot. I'm also not letting us get away with doing this segment without saying on Tuesday, it's your birthday, Claire. Oh, yeah. Yep, it is my birthday. Not a notable one, but all cakes welcomed. All cakes welcome. Squeeze recommends this week, Claire, as promised, begins with an apology from us about our recommendation from last week. A Beautiful Life on Netflix is not a rom-com. We love Annalise. You really backed Annalise in, <laughs> Kate. We trust Annalise with I her do, recommendations. Uh, a Beautiful Life was... look. It was fine. I got to the end of it. You didn't even get to the end of I it. Didn't. It is not a rom com. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pass judgment on whether that whether it was good, good or, or not because I didn't yep. watch it all. But <laughs> it's just the de- description <laughs> of it as a rom com. I just think we should withdraw. Yes, <laughs> unreservedly. However, with- I will say this: I watched it with dubbing, which oh, I think, no. and I don't know. I just clicked it on, and that's what came up yeah I think it's much better to watch it with subtitles oh totally I don't think they do a great job of the dubbing yet that's my personal take anything that is in a foreign language I think watch it in the foreign language and so that might have been the, the subtitles yeah that might have been the problem one of the problems <laughs> one of, one of the problems. <laughs> sorry Annalise <laughs> but onwards and upwards we do have a watching recommendation this week if you're still with us Stay with us. (laughs) Stay with us. It's a series from Variety. Variety, of course, is this big industry, uh, entertainment industry publication out of the United States and they have a series called Actors on Actors. They're half an hour episodes. Two well-known actors get together and they just have a chat. It's really quite relaxed. Mm, it's quite a I like nice, it. yeah, quite a nice show about their craft, about how they act and their experiences, their shows. Um, the most recent episode is Brian Cox, of course, Logan Roy yep. from Succession, Logan. Uh, and Emily Blunt, and it's on YouTube. I think we've fangirled over Emily Blunt on the podcast before. Oh yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, I think wouldn't it be great to be the producer of that? Just going, who should we put together? Oh yeah, that'd be really. And fun. they want to do it. Yeah, it's they want really, to do it exactly. Really terrific. Um, you said you watched that on like Sundays. I'm watching Bluey 
as everyone You're already knows. Dewey. So yeah, um, I'll find another time. <laughs> Reading, we've got a really great bit of journalism from the New York Times. Um, essentially, it showcases the stories of women in Iran over weeks of the year and their experiences. Yeah, so of course there's been these mass protests in Iran. The government cracked down on women. This We've got a shortcut on that if you want to catch up on yeah. what that is all about. Um, in the coverage of that issue, it's just very easy to get lost, I think, and just not really recognise that it's about individual people. And this really draws out those individual stories. So mm. we'll put a link to that in your episode notes. I have a book recommendation. Claire, it's The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. You're really I, into this one, I'm really aren't you? into it because yeah. it's just got me thinking. I haven't finished it, so mm. I always sort of am not sure if I like something till it's till it's over. But um, it's about a year old now. The premise is that the whole world, everyone over the age of 22, receives a box at their door with a piece of string in it. And the piece of string directly relates to how long you'll live. And it's not sort of post-apocalyptic or anything like Mm. that. It's actually just about the stories of a whole host of people and how they react to that, whether they open the box, whether they don't, how their relationships are affected. It's just a real – it's just really thoughtful. What's your favourite book? genre because you read very widely do I yeah I don't know about that like that would I wouldn't have picked that for you at all well it was a New York Times bestseller I just sort of go with the crowd but um and I'm sure plenty of people listening have actually already read this but if you haven't it is it's Mm. it's a good book sounds quite different it is it's a little bit different but it's easy to read and Mm. it's a it's just a it's a story nice um a recipe Claire yeah so Lara who I fully back (laughs) Fully back with her <laughs> recommendations, Annalise, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, it's a one-pot Odalingi dish. It features spiced chickpeas, it's got carrots and it's got marinated feta. We're big on the feta at the moment. Last week had a marinated feta. Marinated feta, yeah, yeah, for sure. And chickpeas do make a regular kind of appearance, I think. Um, Lara told us that it calls for dried chickpeas. You have to soak them overnight to use them and she's done that for the first time. She's never going to use canned chickpeas again. Okay, so, well, that I she will probably, impressed. I don't know, I think I might go for the canned ones, but good to know. Um, I'm also reminded to let everyone know that all of our recommendations from this episode, from previous episodes, are up on our website. So we'll put a link um, to that in your episode notes. If there's something that you know we talked about and you can't quite remember, it's all up there for you. Terrific. Um, so that's a good place to visit uh, if you're looking for something to cook over the weekend, something to read, something to watch. Um, they're all up on there. On to Squeeze Press. Squeeze Press, Claire, uh, we've got a very short survey we'd love for people to do for us if you have literally two minutes. I think actually it would take less time than two minutes. Yeah. Um, it's so short, but it's one that's going to help us report on how campaigns work for some of our advertisers. So it's bread and butter stuff for us. I know some people would have heard you talk about it in the Squeeze Today yep. podcast and have done it. Thank you for doing that. If you haven't, it'd be great if you could jump in there and do so. Pretty, pretty pretty please. That would be terrific. Um, The digital news report was out this week and you know a few weeks ago I told you how I didn't write a book. Yes. That was about the media and COVID. This time I didn't write a report. Okay so what have you written? (laughs) I've contributed some commentary and it's the Uni of Canberra's digital news report. Um, I was asked by Professor Sora Park who is a bit of a legend in this space when Mm. it comes to analysing news and trends and habits, all that sort of thing. Uh, And I talked about the growth of podcasting, which was a lot of fun. Um, I was really chuffed because it's a bit of a Bible, this report. For industry, for the industry, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And this year, the key takeout for me anyway, was that Australia's had really high interest in the news that came through the COVID pandemic. It really did spike. It's now fallen 
to 53%. 53% of us are interested in the news. Interesting. For women, it's hit a record low of just 43% of women being interested in news. Which speaks to what we found out in our Women in News report that we exactly. did at the end of last year, which just people are just switching off. Exactly. Um, and I think... <laughs> probably people are thinking, why are you telling us we don't want you anymore? <laughs> um, what we try and do is just cut through it all and, yeah. and keep it light and keep it breezy and keep it really informative and factual. Yeah, and to end probably where we started, remove all that assumed knowledge. Make news accessible, Claire. Absolutely. We do. Enjoy your weekend and we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.